2: and gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was tuscany italy's mr bison the song was called children of the night sky that's from their upcoming fifth album echoes from the universe that will be dropping february 16th on their new label home heavy psych sounds Records. If you're unfamiliar with the band, I hope you like what you just heard. If you are familiar with the band, I know you like what you just heard. I am a repeat customer myself to Mr. Bison. I've got a few of their records on the shelf, namely Hollyoak and Seaward. I think they were previously with uh, Ripple Music, maybe. It doesn't matter because now... There with Heavy Psych Sounds records. And again, this record will be dropping February 16th, a couple of days, actually one day after my wedding anniversary. So if you want to get us something, my wife and I both like Mr. Bison. So go ahead and send us that record as soon as you please. Uh, Pre order will do just fine. Pre orders are available now. You can check the show notes for more details on that, where, of course, it'll take you to the Mr. Bison page on gettingitout.net. And where else could you ever want to be? Other than right here on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast, what's happening on the rest of this episode? Well, I've got an interview with Almost Honest's Shane Reed. They have a brand new record just came out. We're going to talk all about that. But you know what? We need to mix it up a little bit. We need something a little thrashier, a little crossover Is that a word? Definitely not. But we're going to make it work. This is Hot Zone. As we're bearing down on the end of the year here, I'm feeling extra lazy. It has nothing to do with the weather. I wish I could blame tryptophan and turkey. Do we still do that? Do we still say turkey's making us tired? I've had turkey for like six days in a row. Feeling fine. Actually, that's not true. Felt sick yesterday. Might have been the booze. Probably wasn't. Who can blame me? I was celebrating that big Eagles come from behind overtime victory over the stupid Buffalo Bills. And, uh, you know, might have gone a little hard. Anyway, back on track this week, maybe with an episode or two here on getting it out podcast. And what better way than to stay a little bit local on this one? This episode is a case where a band has reached out to me via email. They said, hey, I heard your podcast. Interested check us out and i hit them back and said hey heard your music interested and we got to talking and we said hey when the album drops let's have a chat and that's what happened because the album did drop the band i'm talking about of course is almost honest the record is the hex of pen's woods it's out now on Argonauta records but it's here that's the important thing you can check it out wherever you'd like i'd suggest somewhere that gives money back to the band's But I know you're going to look on Spotify or Apple Music. So go ahead, do that too. I'm sure they won't mind. Wherever you listen, as long as you listen, I'm going to help you do that too. But first, I'm going to tell you about this band being from an area called New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. See, when I was a kid, high school age, barely driving, there was a venue in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania that I used to go to, maybe 40 minutes away from where I grew up not sure exactly. Can't quite remember. Been a long time since I had to make that drive. Let's say 45 minutes away from my hometown, my mom's house. And they would have shows of uh, quite a variety. It was called The Wire, not spelled how you think it is. And uh, one time I went up there for a show. I was barely driving. I'm talking like maybe 16. Had to be 16, I guess. 16 and a half by Pennsylvania law. Had to be 16 and a half to be driving. If you don't know this, if you're not from Pennsylvania, you can get your permit at 16 and then you got to have that permit for six months before you can get your license. So I was at least 16 and a half. I went to see this show at The Wire, headlined, but I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head. No, let's go from the bottom. Let's go from the bottom up. Madcap, Boy Wonder, The Commercials, Big Wig, and New Jersey hardcore band Ensign that was a pretty cool lineup for me. I liked Ensign. I liked Bigwig. I loved Boy Wonder. And uh, then those other bands were also on the show. And I went up there and the show was packed. And of course, Ensign didn't show up because they tended not to. Bigwig was quite a draw in the area. I saw some big shows from them, which, uh, well, what felt like big shows. One at a skate park in Red Lion, Pennsylvania called Charm City Skate Park, which makes no sense because Baltimore is Charm City and that city is about 40 minutes away from the other city so you know that was a little confusing but that's where it was uh felt like a lot of people at that big wig show back there at uh charm city skate park but i bet in uh if i see some pictures it might not be just felt like it anyway i felt like big wig came around quite a bit then and they had a song or two on a fearless records comp that i really liked that's all i ever owned from them was this fearless records comp fearless records now who does nothing like what they were doing back then Cool for them, whatever. Anyway, so I went to the show in uh, New Cumberland. I had this 1986 Mazda 626. And if I'm 16, this is maybe 2000. So it's a 14 year old car. Now that doesn't sound that bad. Back then, it seemed like an ancient beast to be driving around. And I went out to uh, maybe sit in it, be warm. I don't know. I was there by myself. That's the common thing I used to do. I went there to smoke cigarettes in my car. Again, 2000. This is what we did back then. And, uh, the car wouldn't start. I don't know why. I just knew it was broken down. But hey, here's the thing. It's 2000. I don't have a cell phone. What did I do? I don't even remember what I did. I have no idea what my resolution to this was. That's my story. I don't got a story. I just wanted to tell you about the time I went to The Wire and my car broke down in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, and I don't know how I resolved that issue. No idea. I vaguely remember a tow truck. Where did it tow me to? My parents' house? How did I reach that tow truck? Did I ask somebody to use a phone I guess cell phones were around I know I didn't have one because I didn't have one of those until I was uh, maybe 18 and also there were no good bands from New Cumberland Pennsylvania back then or up until now at least to my knowledge and now I know that there is one and they are called Almost Honest and they've got a new record out now called The Hex of Penn's Woods They've already released a couple singles and sure I'll play one for you here before I get to my conversation with Shane Reed and what better way than to play track number 2 Laughter of the Dear Owl and then my conversation with Shane for quite a few years more than I thought you just came on my radar and it was because you reached out to me. So tell me, what did I miss from almost honest? Where does it begin? How do we get here?
1: Well, starts in 2012. Uh, it's not even a little earlier. <laughs> we all met in high school and we just started the band almost honest. Now the name I, I can't quite remember exactly where it came from. But at the time, we thought it sounded super cool. And only later, after, maybe when we were like five years in, found out that it was a Megadeth song. Um, but we're kind of stuck with it now. Um, but yeah, formed in 2012. And it has pretty much been the same core of guys up until this moment. Um, we didn't, when we started, I mean, we were in high school, so we didn't really have a plan of, what we wanted the stand to sound like, or really anything—we were just doing it for fun—and we just kind of brought all of our influences to the table. And around the time we actually started really playing shows that were, you know, not in our parents' basements, um, the the scene in our area was the metalcore scene. Um, so that's actually kind of where we got our start. Was we we weren't playing metalcore, but that's just where. We were. We played with a bunch of metalcore bands. Um, and like I said, we were all influenced by a bunch of different things. And over time, we kind of developed the sound that we have now. And the only really real lineup change we had was kind of lead guitar players. But but even then, now we have our original lead guitar player back. So it's like things have never changed.
2: Well, of course, I know. I think I know. The scene that you're talking about coming up in, uh, but I, but also if you're talking about that time, 2010 to 2000, let's say two, early 2010s, I also didn't live in Pennsylvania. Then I was I was in Baltimore for that that period. So I think I know it was happening up here, and I'm very familiar with that. The whole metalcore boom that started when I was in the, basically when I was in high school, uh early 2000s and really kind of launched from here where I'm at now, Lancaster and uh, kind of took over the area. Does new Cumberland, did that mean you guys were going to, maybe it didn't exist anymore, the uh, championship?
1: That's exactly where we started. It was the champ. That's, that's where we got our start. Um, And then from that point we branched out, but yep, that was like our hometown venue. We played there kind of pretty much like every two months. Um, That's where we got
2: our start. That's that's cool for me because that's that was I love that place Um, up until probably the people that took it over that that you were going there when the people took it over that you're familiar with is when I was out. There was a there was like one last big hardcore show there and then it was like nothing came and then I moved out of the area. So whatever. But but I was glad to see that it that it existed for as long as it did. In fact, uh, over the summer my family and i my wife and my daughters we were over in harrisburg for whatever reason and i was like oh i want to show you so i drove down into what what i call the new champ just to show them it's like this is where i hung out all the time and this you know and and this this was where i had a, a lot of fun and that venue was was really cool to me and there was that other one i don't know if it's before your time or not but down the street it was the championship before it moved down there but uh it was very cool
1: Yeah, that other one i'm, I'm unaware of but mm. the one bridge next to the train tracks that's that's what i'm talking about
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a store there was one in a storefront up the road it was uh they, they lost the lease and had to move it to the to that uh to that one under the train tracks but yeah
1: dang okay i i didn't know that
2: <laughs> yeah no it's cool cool anyway so you mentioned uh Playing with those local bands and, and that you kind of had some bands that you were uh, influenced by, but yeah, you certainly would have stuck out like a sore thumb. Just not playing metalcore in Pennsylvania at that time would would do it for you. So, was there a problem finding a place that you fit in, or did that come, or was the scene pretty open to having almost honest?
1: I really don't think, at least at least the metalcore scene. I really don't think anyone outright hated it like what we were doing but i don't think you know it was really anyone's cup of tea so i don't really remember any like you know boo you suck type deal which also i mean at that time we probably did suck but i don't ever remember that as much as just people not really gravitating toward it um and it kind of took a while to really find a like a scene that we belong in and and i still don't necessarily we we're now kind of nestled in that doom stoner rock scene but mm. i personally still don't think that's like what our band like is but it is like our home i, I mean now that we play with all those bands like the crowd seem super receptive and we've played Maryland doom fest and stone to death fest and stuff like that um but it was a lot of trial and error just going out and playing with different kinds of rock and metal bands and just kind of seeing who was the most receptive to what we were doing. And that's where we fell in.
2: Well, the interesting thing is it doesn't seem like that drove your sound at all. And when I listen to all of your records, at least all the stuff that I could find on the internet, it seems like there was, there's been a really natural progression in your sound. And I would agree that I would, I mean, I think it'd be easier just to call you guys a rock band like a heavy rock band, you know, whatever that's, that's pretty simple. But, but often, yeah, those type types of bands like yourself get funneled into the stoner rock or doom, whether it is that or not. Um, but I can see it's not a, it's not a stretch to call what you guys are doing that.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, as we've kind of getting into that scene, I mean, some of my favorite bands now are like, you know, Red Fang, The Sword, King Buffalo Fly. I mean, it has kind of become our, our, our bread and butter. Um so yeah, we we do have those influences. It's just we don't let that necessarily dictate like, okay, we're a we're a Doom band. So we're going to stick with Doom tropes or, or stoner rock tropes. It's more just kind of like, well, we're gonna do what we feel like and hopefully it still meshes with you know everything else. Cause we we all have different influences. And I, I think now that we've been playing so long, we do kind of have a band that we all generally like but e- even then like we all listen to different things so we have to kind of come together and find a way to mesh all of our influences in a way that isn't going to sound like garbage
2: <laughs> well I, I you, you guys just had a brand new record drop the Hex of Woods last last Friday right? Only been a couple days
1: four days I guess then.
2: <laughs> yeah so alright so uh, what would you say is the biggest difference from this material and your previous stuff?
1: I think attempting... Just being more creative is how I will put it. And what I mean by that is just getting the opportunity to try different sounds and experiment with different instruments. So on this record, we got to uh, play banjo. We have uh, organ. We have these... Um, I can never remember the name of them, but our drummer got these, like, bells. And I think it starts with a Z. I can't remember. But we got to play that. We got, you know, cowbell. And and we just tried a bunch of weird things and tried to make it work. Um, I mean, I I think it did. It took a lot of trial and error to kind of blend those sounds. And we took a lot of, I guess, more risks on this record. We didn't really want to kind of play it safe. We wanted to try weird time signatures or just try goofy things and and also kind of incorporate our own sense of humor and and Pennsylvania Dutch folklore into into things.
2: Yeah. Well, of course the, uh, the concept or theme that you have with the hex of Penn's woods is interesting to me because I've I've lived among it for almost all my life, except for the time I spent in Baltimore and that's pretty fucking close anyway. So, uh, you know, I never really got fully away from it. Um, one of my favorite things that I (laughs) have, It's funny to say it's my favorite thing. One of the things that I built this podcast on is complaining about the Amish. So, so when you when you sent me that first song, uh, Amish Hex, yeah, I was like, all right, this is I need to need to get into this. And you have that that uh, that pretty funny video for it. Um, But anyway, so uh, I really like what you're doing. Tell me about that uh, coming up with the theme, the concept for this record.
1: I've always been interested in local history and, and, and folklore. And to my knowledge, I really couldn't find anyone that that kind of took that to an extreme. I mean, there might be like a song here or there, but no one ever made it like a full record or a bunch of songs in a row. And we've always, you know, sang about scripted and, and history and stuff and stuff like that. But we wanted to kind of take that to another level. Um, so we kind of all got together and just started, writing and writing about things that we wanted to write about and just kind of sometimes just, it would even just stem from an idea like you know what we want we want a song about the Amish well how we go about that because if it's just a song that's just like about the Amish that's going to be pretty boring so we have to have our own spin on it and um, that kind of came from Dutch hex signs that are on the sides of the barn like artworks uh, so for, yeah for those that aren't familiar like in South Central Pennsylvania on the sides of barns. There's usually these um, circular, colorful artworks um, that you'll see. They're called Dutch hex signs. Um, If you look up with the history of them, they can mean a bunch of different things. Sometimes they're just art. They just like the art style. Other times it could have legitimately been um, uh, spells or hexes. Like this will protect my crops from from goblins or, or bad weather. And other times there's kind of good luck charms too. So I found that really interesting, like the history of that. So I kind of wanted to connect the two. Well, okay. Like hexes and stuff. And then barns and the Amish. So what if we made an Amish wizard? I don't think that's been done. So, and then it went from there and all, all the lyrics for that were written on a, a napkin at a shady maple, uh buffet. Um, That's why the one line in there, uh, shoe fly die, which is so cheesy. I love it for shoe fly pie. Cause I mean, I was at a buffet.
2: The the buffet, the smorgasbord. I don't think I think calling it a buffet would be a little disrespectful to shady maple. Right. That doesn't do it justice. (laughs) No, no. For anybody who's never been there, um, who's listening to this, it is the, I (laughs) I believe it is. I, I, I don't know if it's an exaggeration to call it a world famous smorgasbord, but, uh, I think it, I think it is that, but it's all right. I, I talk often to people about the odd things about living in this area. And like I said, I'm in Lancaster, so I'm kind of in the thick of it. Um, my wife and I were talking the other day. or I've talked to several people about this, but I, cause I see them every week. There are, uh, there's a landscaping company that comes to the neighborhood that I walk through to work. I walk to work. I work, I work close enough to my home that I walk there. So there's, two things that are very Lancaster about this walk. One is when the landscaping company is out there, it's all women that do all the work and they use, you know, uh, riding mowers and you know, zero turn or zero whatever turn radius. They're all over the place. Um, the weed whackers, they have their bonnets on and they have dresses on. And that's the way, that's the way they work. They work in, Like they look like they're going to church, but it's a full landscaping crew of Mennonite women. There's rarely a man around. They get sent out to do the work, whatever. And then the other thing is that I often have to walk around horse shit on the road because there's a very, a very small stretch of like rural road that I have to walk through to get to work. I'm talking, it takes me 15 minutes to get there. And this is maybe like a two minute stretch, but I had to walk around piles of shit randomly because they don't pick up their shit for some reason. Uh, so, so anyway, it's just a, like th- that stuff alone. And I'm only talking about the mixing with the regular culture, all the other stuff that they do on their own is, it still blows my mind to see. So I, I, I really think it's a cool concept uh to kind of dig into it a little bit because I think there's a lot more there and I know this isn't your whole record, right? I'm just, it's just, you know, close to me so it hits home
1: yeah and, and i agree with you and we we kind of i mean we're just kind of used to it i mean mm-hmm. driving around a horse and buggy or you see horse and buggy parking and just going around that whole area just a you know it's kind of a cliche to say but it is like a whole vibe and i wanted to kind of capture that because a lot of people don't get to a lot of people just won't experience that and it's not like someone's just going to go like you know if, if they're Live in california or something like oh you know what i'm gonna go vacation in lancaster county like you know it would just be something like oh if i'm driving through
0: even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'll probably stop and see it, but no one's going to kind of just go there. So I wanted to kind of also just take people to our little area, like that journey musically. Um, just to kind of give them a little taste, but just kind of some imagery and things like that. E- even the cover of our record, um, even though it's based on a creature that we made up, um, it, it's it's also based on the hex signs. Um, so you'll kind of notice uh, it has a lot of the, um, they, they paint a lot of stars on those. So you'll kind of see star points on the record um, has like different flowers on it too. So that's kind of what it's based off of. So just like the imagery and the, and the lyrics if someone wants to kind of delve into it more or even vacation here, take a trip, I mean, that they, then they can.
2: <laughs> that's, that's interesting. You say that about the artwork. Cause I, I did know I have it up on a screen over here, the other side. I, I did notice it looked like that, but I don't think I ever looked at it this big until right now. And I see exactly what you're talking about. It really does. I think I thought it was just hex stuff because I was looking at it on a tiny little square on, on my phone. That's, that's very cool. What is, where, where did the name come from, the Hex of Penn's Woods?
1: So, Hex, we already had Amish Hex at this point. And we were just trying to come up with with names. And I, I can't remember all the ones that were, were thrown around. But it was honestly just kind of as simple as, okay, well, what is the overall like theme of the record? We kind of looked at it and are like, well, you know, a lot of the songs have to do with Pennsylvania or different aspects of it. So I'm like, you know, well, we don't want to just call something Pennsylvania. So what if we just do, you know, Penn's Woods thing? Like, okay, that's kind of cool. But I want to just name a record Penn's Woods. Then it's like, okay, well, what's like another theme of it? And you go through stuff, just magic, spells, cryptids, and stuff like this. So it's like, okay, well, so just hex. And then it's just like the hex of Penn's Woods. And it's like, okay, I think that fits everything in a nice
2: package. I like that. That makes sense. The, the record is out on, uh, records. Am I saying that right? Italian label, correct? Correct. How did, how did you make that connection?
1: So they ended up reaching out to me. Um, Hmm. we, we pitched to a couple labels, um, and we turned down actually a a couple just because we, one one of our big things, we want to make sure that we, we own our music. Um, on the off chance that something ever did blow up, you know, as, as slim as that is, we want to owe the rights to that. Cause I've, I've talked with a couple people who they have actually had major success, but with the deals that they were on, they didn't see much from it. And yeah, you're not that we're in it for the money. That's, that's not what I'm talking about, but, um, but anyway, um, they reached out to us and, you know, we, we have heard of them at that point And we've played with a couple uh bands that are, on their label. Um so we were talking with Euro, the the owner, and he he has that experience of running a label. And it's just everything that we were we were looking for, especially for the for the size that we are. Um so it was pretty much just it was a perfect match. Um and then I know, you know, I want to do my research. So besides talking with him, I also talked with some of the other bands um that are on the label that we played with and you know that I trust and like, hey, you know, How do you how do you like them? You know all all that. It just it worked out perfectly. So, and with how things are going, we're very happy that we made that decision. Uh,
2: My wife's my wife's from Italy because she's from Italy. It makes me more interested in Italian things, right? But I'm like into the just like the Italian heavy music scene. Actually, a song that will open this episode is one from Mr. Bison, who has a new record coming out in... I don't know, maybe February, but they're like an Italian doom stoner band that, that I really enjoy. And there's, there's a lot of stuff there. So anyway, Argonado records I was familiar with. So I was, I was actually surprised to see that you working with them being that they're from, I think Genoa, uh, but you know, pretty far out, uh, how did the, and I haven't asked anybody this in a while because it feels like it's pretty far in the past now, but how did the pandemic affect almost honest?
1: It, I mean... I don't want to say it really hit us hard because it's not our job. So, you know, people who music is their job and that's their career. You know, people who own venues and and people who record music and play music for a living. It hit them the hardest. But um, with all that aside, it did hit us pretty hard. Um, I mean, this record um, we were supposed to record it in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, booked like the tail end so that's when everything started happening um, so that all got pushed back to like early 2021 um, and it might have been late 2020 um, and so this, this the bulk of the record had been done at that point but it was just a matter of coordination and everything and we we also worked with uh, Machine, um, Gene Freeman who uh reported like a clutch lamb of god all that stuff so it's it's coordination with him but with, with the pandemic and pushing everything back and also like vinyl delays everything's got pushed back for it mm-hmm. um so something that should have come out in you know at most like 2022 got pushed back now late 2023 um but I mean, realistically, if we were on the timeline, like that, where everything went great, it would be out in 2021. That's what would have happened. Mm-hmm. So it just, it really pushed things back for us. Um, because even, even when it's like, all right, we're all set to go in. And then our drummer got COVID, And it's like, well, we can try and work. So it's just like things like that, that kept happening. But um, we're really trying to avoid the slowdown of music now. So we got two cover songs recorded. Um, and that should be out in uh, probably mid twenty twenty four. And we just started recording um, another record like the day after we released this. So, on uh, <laughs> another lull of music,
2: you 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 touched on recording for the Hex of Penswood. Where did you record the Hex of Penswood?
1: So it was recorded in two different places. Um, it was all recorded by one guy, uh, Gary Conahan of uh, Dynamo Audio uh, in Lancaster. We recorded at his... So it all started at a studio in Lancaster. I think it was on... It, it's right by um, the American Bar and Grill.
2: Oh, um, A-Bag. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to live over there on Janet Avenue, actually.
1: Oh, sweet. It, it's yeah. um, There's like... So if you're driving past it, you go under that little bridge, and then right to your right is that kind of like old warehouse. So we recorded it like in that old warehouse-looking building. Um, and then he moved... To um, Atrium Audio and Rocklet is. Um, so then we kind of finished up recording there, but it was odds and ends. Um, I did a good amount of the vocals there, um, and we had like some guitar work. Um, and we might have done trumpet there too. Um, but the bulk of it was at the original spot, and then we finished up the rest there.
2: Is that as much of an upgrade, those two studios, as in my mind it is, knowing both of those places pretty well? Was that a big like for, so for people listening to this, the first place you're mentioning is just an old building right in Lancaster. Doesn't mean nothing's wrong with the studio. right I'm just and and the other place that you mentioned, Rocklet, it is like the state of the art, like <laughs> world, like there's so much shit that happens there up just up the road from here. Um, music wise, uh, it's a big production facility, Atrium Audio. Uh, I know that's uh, Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland are the probably the big names out of there. And this guy is, is, is with them as well now.
1: Yes. So he's not, he is not like Atrium Audio. He doesn't represent them, Mm -hmm. but he has some space there. It's it's like Dynamo Audio, but it's the, it's the same studio. They share the same like main space with like drum recording and everything. Um, But he, I mean, he has his own gear and stuff, but it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know how to put it. He's just like renting out a space there as dynamo audio, but it is in
2: the same. Sure. No, I, I I get it. I get it. But my point being is that that's a, a big time facility where fucking Bieber has recorded there, you know? So,
1: (laughs) yeah. So I I think like it it was, I mean, we couldn't say anything at the time, but I I think like a, a week after we got done with one thing, we were going to go in and it's like, oh yeah, we can't. And it's like, why? And then it's like, oh yeah, Bieber's here. The hell? So that's kind of cool. I mean, just, just to kind of be around that. I mean, like you were just saying, I mean, it's a, it's a huge facility, like, you know, Metallica, Green Day, I think Taylor Swift and stuff. They got like stages built there. And it's just a huge complex for everything music in the middle of the Mm -hmm.
2: Even the, the uh, Tone tailor's shop there. Like, I don't know shit about um, guitars, amps, nothing, but I do have an old jukebox in my garage and uh, I need to get like the amp rebuilt. And like, everybody's telling me my neighbors who are also in the music industry are telling me like, you got to go there. That's the, there's nobody. there's, you like live so close to like the best possible option for this stuff. And I've, I've been over there cause I've been there to the bar, the brewery that's there a couple of times and checked it out. And it's just, there's just so much cool shit right here. It's just bizarre. It's a bizarre. I talk about it all the time on here. How it's weird that this stuff exists right here.
1: It really is. Cause it's not, I mean, for those that don't know, like, you know, Harrisburg and Lancaster city and just kind of like this general area, like there's not a whole lot here. It's very small. It, it's growing, but it, it just, I, I, I think there's a lot more here just because of the location. We're, you know, about two hours from, philadelphia two hours from new york city hour and a half from baltimore three hours from pittsburgh so it's just a very centralized location and it's but still it's very weird because you will just drive through farms and then all of a sudden you will see this huge rock complex just but it's like just giant black boxes in the middle of nowhere
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it is it's weird it's it's very strange but it's super cool i love i love living right nearby i i jokingly say i don't i don't leave like like I said, I walk to work. I can, I walk to my gym. I, <laughs> I can go right up to the street uh, It's a few more miles to Rockland. and all that. Like I don't have to go anywhere. And I live in the middle of relatively nowhere. Uh, so it's, it's a very strange, strange thing, but mixed in with that is the weirdness, the, uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch stuff I, again. So I, I think that's why I'm really drawn to this record. Tell me about the reaction that you've gotten Uh, from people who've heard the album in the last four days, I guess.
1: So, well, before I say that, leading up to it, I was just super nervous. And I think because we've been sitting on it for so long, I mean, so yet again, we were going to record in 2020. So these songs have been done since like 2019. So (laughs) also just because I've heard them for such a long time, and I've been hearing it recorded for such a long time. I've had such a long time to like pick them apart myself that I guess I kind of was psyching myself out. That like, oh, you know, as long as people, as long as some people enjoy it, but truthfully, like the the responses that we have gotten are, have beaten my expectations. Uh, so our last record, it beat my expectations. Most of the stuff was you know, it was decent. There might've been some lulls that got like seven out of tens and for someone like me. That was like, that was really neat. We did try to outdo it, but I mean, my God, now it's like, you know, I'm seeing 10 out of tens, nine out of tens. people are just really enjoying it. And, you know, having, having a whole, like not just one person, but having a bunch of people say that they didn't think that one song in on the record was worth skipping like that. That makes my day. I mean, that, that to me is awesome. So th- the reactions have just been more than I ever could have expected.
2: Great. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, and interesting you say that you've been sitting on the songs for a while. And you mentioned that a couple of times because didn't one of them you start writing when you were in like middle school? So that one was actually elementary school. Um
1: <laughs> was 10 years old. It was lyrics to my first song it was a, a bass player and I. And uh, we also went to a, uh, a Christian Academy growing up. So we had like this little notebook that had like band logos scribbled all over it and stuff. And, you know, we packed it away and just probably around, you know, 2019, we're just kind of, I was moving and just kind of going through stuff and found lyrics to that song, Alien Spiders. So, you know, we, we just got talking like, wouldn't it be funny just look at these and actually made it like fully or three songs? That's what we did. We did have to add some lyrics because it wasn't, you know, entirely finished, but pretty much all of the verses, a um, little bit of the chorus, that's all just straight from what I wrote. You know, alien spiders coming to get you, bite your head off, make a web. It's just, it's so stupid. And I know uh, originally, too, we really couldn't play. So we sang that over the riff to leash by Born. That's how that song got it started. But yeah, we were ten years old, fifth grade. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's very cool. I, I like I like the way this has all been. Uh, a thing you've been at for a long time, and you're working with somebody, two people that's you, that you're very uh, close with. I think it, I think it's I think it's really cool. There's something not only just the uh I don't know that the fact that the, the the themes are all like centralized in one place, but you're working with the same people for a very long time. I think that's a very cool. Um, I don't feature is not the word. Very I don't know. It's a very cool thing. I'll just go with thing because I can't think of the <laughs> I can't think of the correct vocabulary.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, we're very lucky. I mean, because we're we're seriously, we're all, you know, best friends. I I mean most bands I don't want to say most. So I, I probably shouldn't just throw that out there. Not I don't want to deal with certain but you know, I see a lot of bands who, yeah, they might get along. Um, and some of them even don't, but it's just kind of like just people that enjoy playing music and they do it together but we're all just friends we we just hang out all the time outside of music like you know it's like oh hey you want to go to the bar you want to go bowling or or play video games or or whatever and it's just it's nice to have that and even us going one four and just being together so long i mean i'm surprised we don't really i mean i'm sure we get on each other's nerves some aspects but you know just really enjoy it, and I'm just super thankful that I get to do it with a group of guys that I can actually call friends.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's great for all the reasons you said, and 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 I I mean I'll say it for you: a lot of bands are not friends at all. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they don't need to name which ones they are, but you know, they just they just write good music together, and sometimes they don't even do that. But uh, <laughs> you know, um. So all right, so the record's out. What your expectations going forward and maybe what's left for almost honest in the next six months or so that you can say.
1: All right. So for the next for the next six months, the plan is definitely doing an album release show. Um we're just waiting to have the vinyl in hand, um, which we should have very soon. So we're gonna plan a release show and we're actually going to try to do it in New Cumberland. So even though we're from New Cumberland, never played a show in New Cumberland because there's never been a venue for it. So I'm actually making that happen. So that will be super cool for us. So we'll have that. Um, and then in March and April, we got a ton of shows booked. Can't say anything yet, but that should be announced probably late December. Um, if not early January, we'll be playing all over the East Coast. So check out those dates. Um, recording another album. Uh, so that will probably be early 2025, maybe late 2024. Uh, got two cover songs coming out in 2024 um, and then we're all sitting on about probably 40 unrecorded songs we can't help ourselves so no matter what we're doing in the future we'll have a ton of new music coming out hopefully it won't
2: So there you have it. That was my conversation with Shane Reed of Almost Honest. The song you just heard was Amish Hex. And if anybody knows about singing songs and complaining about the Amish, it's this guy. Been doing it for years. I'd like to say I'm an original in that way. And I welcome Almost Honest to the team. Although I don't really know if that was a complaint in that song there, but I'm going to log it as one. Officially, it's down as a complaint. But I want to say something that's not a complaint. And that's a thank you to Shane for his time, for his conversation, for his new album, The Hex of Penn's Woods, from his band, Almost Honest. If you like what you heard from them or him, then go back and check out the other records in their discography. It's worth your time and effort, and you'll be thanking everybody involved by the end of it all. When you're done doing that, please be sure to head over to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on over there. You know there's new music news to check out, maybe a music video or two, and certainly several podcasts that you might have missed out on. We did a lot of rock and roll, a lot of stoner, a lot of doom, a lot of things that might have some similarities with Almost Honest in the past year. Almost 100 episodes down for 2023, and there will not be that many, so don't worry about that. Just go check out what's happening. Go back a couple years, see what's been around. I've been doing this for a long fucking time now. All right, I really have. Maybe somebody should pay me for it. That'd be great. Anyway, please go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's happening on the website. But before you do that, I want to leave you with a track from a band. You know how it works. I play you a song at the end. You listen, you go, aha, I like that. I'm going to check that out as well. And this is going to send you down a nice rabbit hole. I'm setting you up good. You see, there's a new compilation coming out from Ripple Music. It's out December 3rd. And it's a uh, covers compilation, a tribute record, if you will. It's called Burn on the Bayou, a heavy underground tribute to Credence Clearwater Revival. It is 32 tracks from 32 artists covering songs from CCR. What is there not to like about that? CCR has like the best, greatest hits ever. And that's essentially what this is. Just uh, um, reinterpreted. and present it to you in a fresh, new way. A lot of it's pretty doomy, and that's all right with me. Uh, the song I'm going to play for you here is a great example of that. It's one of the most popular CCR tracks, but it sounds a whole lot different through the lens of High Priest. It's a, a Los Angeles doom metal trio, and they're putting their own spin on the song, and you're going to hear that right now. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.